say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. going on listen it's your boy sanchez and cedric uh we took a week off uh part of that was uh it was spring break mm-hmm. and kids were everywhere family was in town there were a lot of things going on yep plus um i am having back surgery um probably right now as you listen to this podcast because we're pre-recording april 29th so um, about to go under the knife about to go under the knife uh i am looking forward to uh anesthesia <laughs> like i'm really trying to find that over counter so i can sleep yeah in that in that realm yo <laughs> have you had a surgery before uh wisdom teeth that's about it yeah that don't count i know because i've as you know i've had two Oh, wow. I've also had the oral surgery of getting my tonsils taken out and then giving me too much anesthesia. Oh, man. You don't want that. Okay. It's like they didn't really believe me when I gave my drug history. Yeah. You know, because yep. they're all like, so <laughs> have you ever been drunk? No. Have you ever done drugs? No. How often are you drinking? At that time, I wasn't drinking that often. Like, I wasn't having a beer with every dinner or every other dinner. Right. wasn't drinking wine. I was still very much just coffee and... Um, just soda or whatever. Yeah. No, no, juice. not even soda. Because oh. I had a bout with acid reflux. I oh, had to cut wow. soda out. Wow. Right? And it's like they they didn't believe me. It's like, wow. you mean to tell me this young black guy has never done drugs, has never drank too much. They give him more anesthesia. He's probably lying. Right. I had like zero throat pain after my surgery. Like uh-huh. he did a really good job there for the most part. Um, but I was sidelined for five days because there was so much anesthesia in me. I was just groggy for five days. Like, did you have headaches or were you no. just sleeping the whole time? I was just sleeping the whole time. See, I'm okay with that. You burn more calories, and I'm trying to lose 20 pounds in the last three weeks. <laughs> and I don't want to be bothered. So right. if I can sleep the whole time, I don't right. want to be bothered. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I'm, I'm totally joking. But, hey, listen, uh, if you can say up a prayer or kind thoughts or whatever to the universe, whoever you ascribe to, mm-hmm. that would be great. Um, so, yeah, so we're trying to get this podcast done. We're going to try to – I'm going to try to bounce back and try to do another podcast. But um, So if you see a podcast one week and don't see one another week, it's it's because of this. And so – plus I graduate May 18th. And so, say what? Yeah, getting that master's degree. And so, uh, so I've been down trying to finish up schoolwork with that. So um, so life's been a little crazy. And Side note, I need to – Fill out that reference form for you. Yeah, like I need it turned in tomorrow. Right. So a part of that is I got to raise money for this doctoral uh, program. So um, if you want to donate towards my uh, doctorate, that would be great. They um, convinced you to do it. They convinced me to do it. So I don't Dr. know if I got Sanchez. accepted yet. So all my application stuff is done, and I'm hoping to get accepted. Oh. So Y'all realize you are listening to a podcast hosted by the future Dr. Sanchez. Dr. Sanchez. You know, that's what they used to call me in middle school. <laughs> uh, I know we're, we're starting off on a ramble, but hey, this yeah. is fun to say. So This one is of my, part of who we are. We've established this. Right, exactly. So one of my good friends, he was my best friend at the time, Nolan Allen, rest in peace. Uh, he, mm. he was diabetic. And okay. so he would often forget to take his snack and, you know, to get his sugar regulated. Yeah. And so I would either have to, when he was getting lightheaded, have to give him his insulin or make sure I fed him. So I was responsible for Nolan. So that's right. kind of how I got the name Dr. Sanchez. Right. And then I thought I was going to be a cardiologist. And then I was like, ah, it's too much school. Yet here I am. There you go. 30 years old, still in school. Well, one thing is for <laughs> sure. You definitely had a big, better nickname than I did in middle school. Uh, what is that? What is what? Your uh, nickname. My nickname in middle school, due to the uncanny resemblance, was Steve Urkel. No. Oh, dude, I'm sorry. So, like, you know how it is. We're always being told we look like somebody else who's black because all black people look the same. 
I ain't gonna front. Yeah. There is a marked like similarity oh, resemblance that was pretty unmistakable when when I, and see the here was the thing. I never watched Family Matters. What? I didn't watch Family Matters. Not oh, so I mean I'm, I'm, this is how this story goes. I I show up to school in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And Dudes at the table like, yo, yo, you know, because we, we start course. to, you know, tease each other, make fun of yep, each that's other. That's culture. Right. Yep. Right. And uh, they're like, yo, yo, you know who Cedric looked like? He looked like Steve Urkel. Oh, oh yeah, he does. He looked man. like Steve Urkel. And I'm like. Dang, dude. I'm, I'm like, sorry. who's Steve Urkel? You oh, don't know who Steve Urkel shoot. is? Somebody told Shit. me, yo, he's on Family Matters. It comes on Friday night. You need to watch that. Shit. I watched it. I was Horrified, because you got to remember this is before everybody had cell phones. This is pre-internet, right? Right. right? Yeah. So I had to wait till Friday. Oh man! And meanwhile, all these people call me Irk. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It it, it didn't. It had no steam. Wow. I watched the show. I was horrified. But here's the thing, though. Urkel wins at the end of the day. At the end of the season, the last season, he wins. I wasn't trying to stick around for all that. <laughs> I wasn't winning. But you're winning now. Yeah. Yeah, man. Seems so, uh, yeah. Yo, so. when you can go on a school field trip, I'll never forget this. We went to the Detroit Science Center. We're, we're, we're coming out of or going into their IMAX screen, right? right? So one group is coming out. We're part of the group that's coming out. There's another group coming in. And as we're walking down the steps past people coming in, this little boy says to his mom, Mommy, Mommy, I saw Steve Urkel. No, dude. My classmates never let me live it down. Dude, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I did get a recent thing. Some people said like they feel like they're listening to uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when they listen to this podcast. Really? Like you're Carlton because you're really smart, and then I'm Will because I'm not as smart as you. <laughs> 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 all right, so what are we talking about all today? All right, so, uh, so yeah, so listen. Hey, first of all, shout out to our patrons. We got some new patrons. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for supporting us. Um, man, we really appreciate it. You know, Cedric and I, we're, we're working really hard. Social media's been blowing up. Instagram's been blowing up, yes, so we're really grateful. We had a post, and it's still climbing. It was like 1,300 likes. Granted, it was a repost, but still, we're, still? we're getting some traction. Um, so we really appreciate you guys supporting us. Again, we are, are extremely grateful. Yep. Thanks and for the so, people who keep writing reviews. Writing reviews, keep writing and rating us. Um, you know that that helps us get you know more pop, become more popularized and that sort of thing. So we really, really appreciate that mm-hmm. um, from you guys. Because yep, if you have found this podcast helpful, it will help move it up the the charts, so to speak, so that it be, becomes uh, it's promoted to more people. Correct. Yeah. The algorithm will start pushing it closer to the top yeah so continue to like review share follow us on social media and all of that jazz so Mm -hmm. the moment you guys have been waiting for yeah which sorry no no no, go ahead but the post that got 1300 likes is a good segue oh yes 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 so now granted you know we started this podcast after this movement but today we're going to talk about the black lives matter movement see um so i think for some people um, I think people are generally, maybe I'm, I'm too, uh, people in my circle are starting to become okay with Black Lives Matter. It only took six years. Right, six years, right? <laughs> but there's still some, there were some trolls on our post that we had to kind of go block and, uh, uh, and remove. So, fun. but, but essentially we're going to talk about Black Troll Lives Matter. Right, Exactly. <laughs> We're going to talk about Black Lives Matter, and we're going to talk about a couple of things that are associated with that. So um, today's going to be a pretty chill podcast, but it's got some heavy content. So Mm -hmm. um, the post that we posted that has 1,335 likes, so we appreciate you guys. Um, It says this, let's be clear. We said Black Lives Matter. We never said only Black Lives Matter. That was the media, not us. Mm -hmm. In truth, We know that all lives matter. We've supported your lives throughout history. Now we need your help with Black Lives Matter, for black lives are in danger. Mm -hmm. And so this this quote, I thought it was very, very powerful. And I was like, man, like this is 
really, really worth reposting. And so, um, so again, like, let's talk about where Black Lives Matter um, began. Let's talk about some of the tensions. Let's talk about some of maybe the historical implications. And we'll probably talk a little bit about how this has impacted um, Christians in general and how they've responded. And so here we go. Yeah, so it was originally started by, um, and I'm reading this right off the Black Lives Matter website. Mm-hmm. It amazes me how often people have so many insights mm-hmm. you know, uh, and reflections on Black Lives Matter by other websites without actually going to the Black Lives Matter website right. to hear them tell their story themselves. In 2013, three radical black organizers, Alicia Garza, Patrice Colors, and Opal Tumete, sorry if I butchered any of your names, I probably did, created a black-centered political will and movement building project called Hashtag Black Lives Matter. It was in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murder. Mm -hmm. So after the acquittal, Mm -hmm. uh, it was Alicia, I believe, tweeted out a a very small, quick uh, tweet where basically she just said, black people, um, I love you. Uh, I, I, I see you. Let me see if I can. I had it up earlier, and now I've been unlost it. Hold on. I got this. Do, 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 I got do, this. Do, do, Man, spare do. me the Jeopardy. Spare me the Jeopardy. Da-da, Here it da-da. is. Fine. Black people, I love you. I love us. Our lives matter. Black lives matter. Boom. That was it. That's it. Yep. That was in response to George Zimmerman being acquitted. Mm-hmm. If, if you're someone who's still on the fence about Black Lives Matter, you need to understand whether you think it's right or not, right? Again, let us be the ones to share our experiences without the need to have it reinterpreted. Right. That hurt. Right, right. That yeah, man. really yeah. hurt. Yeah, I agree. And it, in a lot of ways for many of us, served as this catalyst of waking up to and recognize that yet again, we had not made as much progress as we thought that there's still a lot of work to be done and that any one of us could be deemed guilty Mm -hmm. of just existing while black being in the wrong place quote unquote in this in for Trayvon the wrong place was his dad's neighborhood right. apartment complex right. and being perceived to be a threat simply because we have black and brown bodies. Right. And not right. only that, but then you could have a vigilante, mm-hmm. not even a police officer, but a vigilante mm-hmm. who then takes matters into their own hands, subdues the threat, kills us and hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Gets acquitted by a jury. Not to mention that all the stuff that went into not only after Trayvon Martin had been murdered, but the continued murdering of his character and his personhood and his memory after that. I, I remember writing a post after the acquittal and... You know, one of the things I said in that blog post, Mm. my biggest fear, while I understand, according to how the justice system works, why George Zimmerman was acquitted. Right. My fear is that him, an ordinary citizen, being able to get away with murder 
it will mean open season on black people because law enforcement are not even bound to the same constraints as a normal citizen. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and that still applies today. Right. So then going back to Black Lives Matter movement. Wow, man. Right. Because this is about them, not necessarily about us. The project is now a member-led global network of more than 40 chapters. Our members organize and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes. Black Lives Matter is an ideological and political intervention in a world where black lives are systemically and intentionally targeted for demise. It is an affirmation of black folks' humanity, our contributions to the society, and our resilience in the face of deadly oppression. Right. As organizers who work with everyday people, BLM members see and understand significant gaps in movement spaces and leadership. Black liberation movements in this country have created room, space, and leadership mostly for black heterosexual cisgender men, leaving women, queer, and transgender people, and others either out of the movement or in the background to move the work forward with little or no recognition. Right. As a network, we have always recognized the need to center the leadership of women and queer and trans people mm -hmm. to maximize our movement muscle and to be intentional about not replicating harmful practices that excluded so many in past movements for liberation, we made a commitment to placing those at the margins closer to the center. Mm -hmm. As Black Lives Matter developed throughout 2013 and 2014, we utilized it as a platform for organ and organizing tool. Other groups, organizations, and individuals used it to amplify anti-black racism across the country right. in all the ways it showed up. Tamir Rice, Tanisha Anderson, Maya Hall, Walter Scott, Sandra Bland. These names are inherently important. The space that Black Lives Matter held and continues to hold helped propel the conversation around the state-sanctioned violence they experienced we particularly highlighted the egregious ways in which black women, specifically black trans women, are violated. Wow. Black Lives Matter was developed in support of all black lives. In 2014, Mike Brown was murdered by Ferguson police officer Darren Wilson. It was a guttural response to be with our people, our family, in support of the brave and courageous community of Ferguson and St. Louis as they were being brutalized by law enforcement, criticized by media, tear gas, and pepper sprayed night after night. Mm. Darnell Moore, Patrice Colors, organized a national ride during Labor Day weekend that year. We called it the Black Lives Matters Ride. In 15 days, we developed a plan of action to head to the occupied territory to support our brothers and sisters. Over 600 people gathered. We made two commitments to support the team on the ground in St. Louis and to go back home and do the work there. We understood Ferguson was not an aberration, but in mm -hmm. fact, a clear point of reference for what was happening to black communities everywhere. Yeah. Let me stop there for a second. Thoughts? Yeah. yeah so, so, <laughs> There's so many. So, number one, I actually looked up to see if there was a Black Lives Matter chapter in Charlotte, and there uh -huh. is not one. I so, think there used to be. That's interesting. Yeah, I emailed them today. So, okay. we may start one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we might lose our patrons their support. <laughs> yeah, I doubt we lose our patrons. They're pretty, they're pretty awesome people. But um, my thoughts initially is that I, I, th I mean, th this hurts. You know, um, it hurts to hear that this reality exists. Um, and I think that was my first response mm -hmm. when I, when this, you know, when uh, BLM formed. And then I began to watch and pay closer attention to, you know, people's response, particularly my white friends' response, who, mm -hmm. whom view me at, who, who viewed me as a good friend, like a mm -hmm. genuine friend and brother. Um, but again, like, I think they saw me, but they didn't see my color. And and they bypassed my color because we had similar traits. Yeah. And at the time, I was brainwashed. I mean, bought into what their ideologies were. Right. And so um, the realization that, hey, I could be on that list of, of black bodies, like, dead and gone mm -hmm. and killed unjustly. Um, you know, now, you know, jokingly talking about contacting, you know, BLM about Charlotte, but... 
like I'm thinking about my sons, you know, mm-hmm. my, my, my one and a half year old now and my unborn son who will be adults at some point who will be teenage boys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sure. We somewhat operate in the suburbs right now, the suburbs. And, um, what happens if they're walking up the road to the YMCA, you know, and it's, it's dusk, you know, yeah. and, and they're walking past, you know, this certain neighborhood, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, heck, I got, I got a friend who posted this, obviously haven't gotten their permission, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name the person, um, but, um, somebody here in Charlotte posted, and maybe I'll paraphrase it so I'm not reading it directly, um, Last night, my nephew, who has suffered a lot in his time on Earth, was forced by a Charlotte Mecklenburg sheriff to stop walking his dogs in his neighborhood and be patted down and searched. Mm. The deputy gave no reason for the search or explanation of why he was stopped. Mm. Stop and frisk, right? Yeah. Mm. Right. But in a suburb neighborhood. Right. Right. right? right. Black kid walking his dog. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean... Because you know that's so threatening, right? Right. And and he, he probably a, had like a little. They probably assumed he had a pit bull. Sh- well, even <laughs> if, I mean, the kind of dog, even if it wasn't a pit bull, right? Like, here is if, if he's in a, in a in a neighborhood, right, where there's this understanding or belief that those kind of people don't live there. Mm. Or it's not where he belongs. The kind of dog don't matter. Right. He could be walking a poodle. Mm. He's gonna get the. He's he's. There's probably some online watch. Right. 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 Organization. organization. Right. Yep. And they probably been talking about. Well, who's the kid walking right. the dog? Does anybody know who that kid? Does he belong here? Does he live here? I mean, yo. You know, I recently got a dog. Right. So I've been out and about in my neighborhood mm-hmm. a lot more walking. Now, my neighborhood is off of a, a, a street where there's multiple neighborhoods off that street. So mm-hmm. on that main road, a lot of us go walking and walking mm-hmm. our pets. Now, for the last 11 years I've lived in that house, right. I hadn't done a ton of walking. Right. Right. Now, I've probably walked around in the neighborhood more times in the last two months of having Cobby than I had the previous 11 years combined of living there. And it was interesting because I'm thinking, here's Cobby who's stopping and peeing on everything to mark his territory, (laughs) right? Because he's new to the neighborhood. Right. And when you have a dog, people are like, oh, you know, nice dog. They say hello, especially if they're another dog owner. And they, you know, I, I had started saying, well, you know, he's he's sniffing around because he is new to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys just moved here? No, we just got him. Yeah. He is new yeah. to the neighborhood. The dog. I've been here 11 years. Right. Which it's almost like. The look on their face is like, oh, I've never seen him. I'm like, yeah, you never yeah. seen me around, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying anything accusatory about yeah. these people. Yeah. What I'm saying is, when you see things like Trayvon, right? When you hear about stories like this one from shared right. from a friend, right. it makes me wonder. Right. 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 And it goes back to I remember our podcast with Art. He talked about his experiences in Dallas, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think if you find if you have conversations with many black people, not all, but many, they have similar experiences. That's not that's not saying that all cops or all people are bad. But but generally speaking, like there is this underlying threat of black people. Um, that that brings fear, right? right. Like it, it's it's in the subconscious of many people. So, have you ever seen like white people who like hang out with you, and then like they're cool with you, they're themselves, and then you put them in an all black environment, and you see how like their butts get real tight, and they become really red and uncomfortable because they're trying to make a joke and it does not land. Well, just the simple <laughs> fact that they have to do something that they never usually have to do, right? Which is they're aware of their whiteness in that black space, mm, mm, right? They they never are in a situation where they yeah. are aware yeah. of one, their very obvious physical distinct difference, mm-hmm. 
right? Which again, we've covered this race is biologically false. It's politically real, right? But they also start to become extremely aware of culturally what that difference means. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, um, I think it plays a toll on people uh, mentally and and their psyche. And some people will avoid that and run from it. Mm -hmm. And like, just like, I'm just going to avoid that altogether because I don't, I don't ever want to be put in that situation. But that's just the thing. They can. That's privilege. Right. Yeah. 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 And versus, you know, people of color, that's just not their option. Right. You know, you know, and more to the point to, to an extent, a black person could shape their life in such a way that they're only around black people. Right. How much access to good health care, mm-hmm. to good resources and institutions right. would they have if they did that? Not many. You can't. There, you, and you, there you can't. lies the privilege. Right. Right. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you can't. I mean, you can. You can. You can only go so far. Yes. Without having to, you know. Like intersect, occupy with, white spaces. Right, right. You have, yeah, you know, and like you know, so there, there, there's only so far you can go. Yes. Um, but you know, let's talk about why, why not all lives matter, Cedric. Well, again, and again, the, I know the, the answers to these questions, yes. but I'm, I'm trying to help. Like for some people that, that yeah, that, so that what's wrong with, with all lives matter? Well, if you've again, if you need to go back, if you need to rewind and listen to it again, listen to the origin of this movement. Right. It did not come out of a vacuum. It did not come out of nowhere. It came out of a response to the collective hurt of black people in this country through our shared experience of watching black people, specifically Trayvon Martin, but others as well. Be found. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...wanting of being a black face in a white space in their lives, not mattering to the people who encountered them and ended their lives, and not counting to the judicial system. Not counting to the jurors, right. not counting to the general public, right. not counting, not mattering to the news media. Right, right. Yeah, I was trying to think of a an analogy to um, to to paint, but I, I just I'm drawing a blank. But you know, I think I think in general people just think like they don't see that it it does in essence in compass all lives it's Mm -hmm. just saying like hey like we've 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 been overlooked and undervalued and and, and depreciated for so long like hey it's time for us to like we need a voice for ourselves and again like i love how it said in the statement like it's a black way to have an outlet i mean for for me like i see it like this like it's kind of like for me like that's why the black church exists you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's in response. Kind of about. Well, it. <laughs> it is. Right? It's in response to what culture has like, or Christian culture and churches have like set up for them. Okay, cool. Like we matter as well. Our voices matter. And like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like I mean, I'm, wait a minute, like, wait a minute. Say that I feel again. like I'm rambling and I'm not making sense. Like I feel like it's must be the drugs. Yeah, it is, man. I'm, I'm getting ready for surgery. Um, <laughs> so yeah, please ignore what I'm saying, and because I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of out Just of it. Say it. it. We'll work through it. But I feel like it's, yeah, it's just a way to advocate for your own voice. Right. As a black person. Yeah. It's just, it's a way to say like, yo, like, 
like contrary to your reality as white people, like like I matter too. Like I'm important as well. Right. I have a voice. Yes. Like I, I need to be myself. I need to be free, like as well. And we need justice. We need reform. We need to We need dignity. We need, right, right. Thank you. Right. We need dignity. Right. Like the fight that the fact that we continue to have to fight for dignity and civility. Yeah. The fact that we're still fighting those fights. Right. That's the reason why we can't get to equality. We still have to convince people that we're even worthy of basic dignity and civility. And being at the table. Right. And or and even I hate that statement cuz like first of all there needs to be a new t- there needs to be a, be new, a new table. table. Yeah. And and like you know we need to not try to come to a table like we need to create a new table together as one. And mm-hmm. so um so yeah, man, I, I you know, this movement it's it's impacted me in a way. And I remember um I forget what it was. It was two thousand fifteen. It might have been what shooting was it in two thousand fifteen? It was after Mother Emmanuel, I believe. Okay. And it was my last sermon preaching at my old church, and I was preaching on Romans twelve, living sacrifice mm-hmm. and love, right? Right. And um uh I want to say Sandra Bland happened Sandra in Bland the summer of yeah. 2015. Yeah, so I was preaching on basically here are the sub points. A living sacrifice, humble service in the body of Christ, love in action. And so this passage, the one I got to was basically, it was talking about how we should essentially treat people, whether it's people with different gifts, people that are poor, people that have been afflicted. Um, so, for instance, verse 12 says, be joyful in, in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those, those who, who mourn. mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Right. So I preached on that and I was talking about like I was just pretty much laying out this whole sermon on this this whole chapter. And I got to that part and I said, you know, so when you don't understand why black lives matter, mourn with those who mourn. And the the emails and people that came up to me after service, mind you, this was in a all white church. I might have been one of two like people of color and the other guy was straight from the mother. See, he was straight from Africa. Okay. I think he's African. I should say that. I don't want to misspeak. But he was dark. He was black. Right, 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 right. I had one lady come up to me and say, well, you didn't say blue lives matter. I said, ma'am, well, given the context of where we are out in Waxhaw, North Carolina, next to Marvin, North Carolina, the richest city in North Carolina, I said, do you think that these people in this room, um, do you think they wrestle with cops or they wrestle with black people and understanding the black narrative? Do you think they wrestle with the, the, the police narrative or the black narrative? Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, all lives matter and blue lives matter. And you didn't say that. I said, okay, ma'am. I said, well, being that we're in an all white church, like black lives matter as well. Well, this isn't an all white church. We're really diverse. I said, ma'am, are you looking around right now? Because I'm literally the only black person in this room right now out of about 300 people. And so, I, I mean, I had to bite my tongue, and then I had a conversation with my supervisor, and he said, man, you know you just chose a side. Oh. I just chose a side. So what does that mean, you, you, you defended Black Lives Matter? I said, where did you get that in my sermon? I said, mourn with those who mourn, and when you don't understand Black Lives Matter, the movement, mourn with those who mourn. And what does scripture just say? I just preached it. So that's the only thing you took away from my sermon. You didn't take the living sacrificing and love and action, how our love requires sacrifice and action. It's not just a feeling that we have in our hearts mm-hmm. and butterflies that we get when we fall in love, right? Cedric, please respond. Because <laughs> your face is telling it all right now. <laughs> But and, you know, and this lady, she's like, you know, well, my, you know, my, you know, I have family member, members that are cops and, and yada yada yada. I'm just, I'm just thinking through all of the similar encounters and conversations that I've had over the last six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In particular, okay, 
So her response was, well, wait. One, blue lives matter, but all lives matter. Well, mm-hmm. wait a second. Which one is it? Which one is it? Right. Because if your issue with Black Lives Matter is that it's exclusionary, then you res- then then Blue Lives Matter is just as exclusionary right. by the same token. It's not Blue Lives Matter and All Lives Matter, if that's the argument right. you're making. It's All Lives Matter, right. and nothing else needs to be added right. to that or taken right. away. As for the Blue Lives Matter camp, ain't no blue life. Right. There ain't no Smurfs. Right. There's no, what's that alien race? The Kree. Right. In, 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 in Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this is what I mean by that, because I'm sure there's some people like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. When police officers, look, I'm going to say it like this without even having to explain it and get break, break it down. Black and white lives take off a blue uniform. Mm. That's good. There are no black lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, sorry. There are no blue lives. Right. There are black lives and white lives and all other kind of lives of color mm-hmm. that put on a blue uniform. Right. And guess what? They take that uniform off at the end of their shift. Correct. Correct. Here's the underlining issue intention with white people and Black Lives Matter. There are some white people that are extremely fearful of black people having movements or having anything in fear of us overtaking them. Yeah. You notice that that's that's the fear. Yes. Well what happens if you you know are you guys are trying to take all the power when it comes to sharing power, right? Well you guys are gonna try to take us over and overthrow us. You right? mean to tell me that we're actually owed something after all the shit we've had to endure? Mm, reparations. Excuse my language. I ain't just talking reparations. Uh, uh, and look, I yeah. let's make this perfectly and crystal clear. I am not condoning retribution and vengeance. Right. But the fact that you have so many people who are fearful of vengeance right. and retribution tells you that they understand that if the world worked as simply as what goes around comes around, right. we on the come up. Right, right. Well, that's why you preserve and dismantle movements. That's right. why you dismantle the identity. Right. You dismantle the culture. Right. And it fits into the narrative and myth of black pathologicalness. That right. we are going to be pathological in our pursuit of justice. Right. It won't be enough just to have equality and yeah. dignity and civility. Yeah. We got to take white yeah. people out too. Which right. is not what the vast majority overwhelming majority of our movements matter. Right. Or will say. But then they'll focus on the very limited right. extremist groups. Oh, there. it wasn't a riot in Charlotte. I was like, no, it was it it was a riot in Charlotte. I was no, it's actually a peaceful protest. Yeah. You just catching what the media is saying. Right. Well, right. Black Lives Matter. I heard that Black Lives Matter sent people in to set our city on fire. Really? Where'd you hear that? Cite from? your sources. Cite your sources. Because uh, last time I checked, and you don't show me no Blaze right. report. And don't you, show me and, no. And you uh, weren't walking the streets uptown. You weren't walking the streets and, and finding out this information for yourself. Right. And right. so, literally, you know, I remember when everything happened in Charlotte. They were the media was literally showing clips from other cities, and painting that in Charlotte. I remember a good friend of mine driving around downtown Charlotte and with her phone up doing Facebook Live, and was able to show by just driving up and down the different blocks and cross sections of yep. the streets of uptown Charlotte how all of what was happening was confined literally to one block, right? One. One square block. That was right. it. Not one square mile. Right. One square block. One right. intersection. Right. Right. So you ever notice? Because you said something very insightful, which I, th- I obviously agree with, that so many of these folks fear that you know Black Lives Matter and are the, the movement that they're, they're fearful that Black people are basically gonna mm-hmm. go out for blood. Right. Right. And so they 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 have no problem with this state-sanctioned... Let's go there. ...killing of of black bodies Mm -hmm. unjustly. (laughs) Well, outside of the womb. (laughs) Outside of the womb first. Because we care about them inside of the womb, just not outside of the womb. And 
you know, they, they, they don't have a problem with, you know, the justice system always finding these people innocent of right. any wrongdoing. You ever notice how the same people are also the ones that are really paranoid about uh, uh, the, um, oh, why am I brain farting on the term? It's, it's contagious. It really is. But I have met. I have oh, met they're issues. they're really fearful of their being and wanting to prevent a police state. Mm. They are the same people, mm. oftentimes in my experience, mm-hmm. who are big time Second Amendment advocates for the purpose of protecting our neighborhoods mm-hmm. against the police state. Mm. This a lot of the same people. I wonder for our listeners how many people that you know, or yourself, that look the other way, or even yourself, perhaps, mm-hmm. are have no issues with policing in black neighborhoods, but are also very weary of mm-hmm. the police state. Mm-hmm. Are always talking about small government, small government, small government. Yep. But when the Black Panthers did it, oh, they're an elitist and extremist group. Well, and they're just trying to kill the world. The CIA took them out. Right, of the course, right? CIA and so. the FBI took oh, them out. Oh, why would we want black people showing us how to care for a community? Oh, but we'll steal their, we'll steal their, uh, we'll steal their um, agenda uh, for how to do welfare. Welfare, well, <laughs> right, 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 and and yeah. you know we'll 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 infiltrate them so that they take themselves out so that we look like we had nothing. To we do had with nothing it. to do with it, unless yeah. it's somebody like Fred Hampton. Then we just gotta take that dude out. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, man. So, and I think I think we do need to do a po- uh, podcast on um, uh, criminal justice and uh, mass incarceration. Mass incarceration. Oh, sure. I mean, because this is all connected, man, and. And so, you know, for me, you know, I don't, I don't have, yeah, I can, I can get in the, mm. in the, the weeds, in the weeds of this, but yeah. I, I think uh, again, like this is an opportunity for many of you who are listening, who are white to really, really wrestle with, you know, what are you afraid of? You know, when you see a, a ton of black people who are smart and as smart as you, how did that, how does that make you feel? You know, when you see movements like Black Lives Matter, uh, whether it's in your own city mm-hmm. um, or you see it on the news and in the media, what what are your triggers? Yeah. Is it is it a good thing, a positive thing? Do you understand or are you questioning everything? Mm-hmm. Well, and if you have a question about what Black Lives Matter is actually up to, go to their website. Correct. And or go, or and find find a local chapter. Yeah. And they find, have them on their the website. I was going to say, find the, the website of the local chapter that yep. you're curious is up to nefarious deeds. Yep. Like, go check them out. Go yep. investigate. Don't yep. just... Don't just take what is being presented to you on m- news in media that is curated on your timeline. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, for me, like, you know, do things like black lives matter. Like does, does that movement need to exist in today's world? Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it, you know, when, when you were reading all that stuff earlier, I was like, man, this sounds like the sixties. This sounds like exactly what oh oh the great Dr. King went yeah. through, but you know with one notable difference, right? They decentralized the movement off of specifically key black men yep. and off of key individuals. Yep. Because one of the lessons learned is if you center the movement around one per- particular person or personality, then the movement can be absolutely derailed by taking out that person. Correct. Correct. That's why Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, and in particular Medgar Evers, mm-hmm. like their assassination, right? And and Malcolm X, mm-hmm. definitely Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the circumstances around his assassination um, are different. Yep. Fortunately, that was a hit put out by his uh, formerly black Muslim community who viewed him as a threat for different reasons, like either read Alex Haley's The Roots or, I don't know, go rent and watch Spike Lee's Malcolm X. You can find out, right. you know, some of the history around that, even though, albeit a pop culture dis- depiction of it. But all that being said, like that, oh, you know what a really really good resource is around? The, the, three, the three deaths and assassination of those guys? Um, the documentary that was released a year and a half, two years ago, uh, I Am Not Your Negro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen that in so long. Yeah. 
It's on my. I'm gonna put it on my list for next week. Word. <laughs> so yeah, uh, they learn the lesson. Yeah. So let's not centralize it around hmm. Keith, one personality. One personality. One but also, um, let's not centralize it around cisgender, straight, mm-hmm. black men mm-hmm. either, mm-hmm. because. One of the things that I've learned in recent years is how central and essential and priceless was the work of black women around the civil rights movement. Right. And some of the things that happened to the black women Mm -hmm. beyond just Rosa Parks being forced to give up her seat or get arrested. Right. There were way worse things right. that were happening to the black women right. in the 40s, 50s, and 60s than having to give up a bus seat or, you know, being overlooked as the help. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like the stories of black women who were being raped by mobs of white men The stories of black women who were arrested and raped by police. Right. Those are stories that, unfortunately, the black men at the leader leadership of the movement were not telling. Mm. Why not? Mm -hmm. Why not? Why not? I would say, and this is my own personal opinion. And this kind of speaks to a lot of what we've said in previous episodes and the whole point we make about how racism really works. You don't need individual racists Mm -hmm. to perpetuate racism. Racism is, and white supremacy is institutionalized. It is embedded in in the fabric of our culture and our society. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, Patriarchy is embedded into the very fabric of our society. And even these black men who were pushing for the rights and civility and dignity of black men and black women were still part of the, you know, they were influenced by patriarchy. And so they did the same same and similar things that white men did to white women of sidelining them. Right. And do you feel like with Black Lives Matter not only being led by black women, which mm-hmm. is <laughs> which is another thing, but also the stance on the inclusion of gender, queer, yeah. LGBTQ. Yeah. Um, I think that those two things have derailed the impact. Um, it, it's not, I ain't going to say derailed the impact, but it's not allowed white people to fully accept it and embrace it. Particularly, some, generally speaking, of if course. If they've done enough investigation if, to even if know done, that. If they've done. But, <laughs> no, no, no. But well, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. Most of them will go to, they will go to the All Lives Matter first. And then their second thing is, well, you know, they are making stances about, it's just a push for LGBTQ and queer, right? Like, that's, that's exactly where they go. Because for. they don't deserve to be treated civilly and with dignity. Well, that's another podcast. <laughs> That's, a, that's another coming podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's coming. I mean, look, I'll, I'll say this much. Regardless, regardless of what you may think about the morality around certain quote-unquote sexual lifestyles or behaviors, mm-hmm. all lives matter. Uh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. All all sexual uh, lives matter. Where is this post? Uh, <laughs> I posted the other week. It was um right, and more to the point, because we have no problem acknowledging that straight lives matter, mm-hmm. regardless of what you think about the morality. Mm-hmm. The imago day is not limited to straight people. Right. The inherent priceless value of humanity is not exclusive to quote-unquote straight people. Right. People who identify as trans, as lesbian, gay, queer, on down the line, their lives are inherently priceless. Right, right. 
So yeah. like yeah. like you said, we can save it for another podcast, yeah. but I mean let's just lay that foundation down right, right now so there's no mistaking or guessing. Well what what you know, but civility and equality. Mm-hmm. Like don't don't get started on me about the Constitution being an inherently moral document. If it's supposed to be a moral document, it is extremely immoral. Right. Let's just it put that out is. there. You can listen to that on another episode. I found my illustration. Word. Bring it. And this will be the last thing we say. So right. a couple weeks ago, there was a beautiful church that burned. Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Been there. This is what they said. Okay. Notre Dame is on fire. This was my response. All churches matter. (laughs) 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 You see what I'm saying? Like, Uh yeah, yeah, it was that thing. And uh, and for some people, like some of my white friends, they were like, holy crap, I got it. Like they finally got it after something like that. Right. You know, and so like, again, like, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm going to let it float. But Oh, you know, it's interesting because... On uh, the liturgist community thread, mm-hmm. right? I posted uh, a tweet, which shame on me, because the reason why I stay away from from putting up tweets, other people's tweets or other people's articles, is mm-hmm. I really don't. I'd rather spend time defending what I said instead of having to defend what somebody uh, yes, else said. Yes. Right? I usually don't make that mistake. This time I, I did that, but he talked about. Epistemology mm-hmm. and the, the 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 privilege of epistemology or the epistemology of privilege, right. and the idea of epistemology is knowledge, right? Right. So he wasn't even necessarily talking about race, right. even though right. it had a layer of race, right? Right. And he was talking about the 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 how knowledge of something can privilege something so that its pain right. and grief is a shared right. it's grief a common and grief. pain. It's yep. a common grief. Right. Whereas if there is, if there's lack of knowledge of something, then there isn't a shared grief. There mm-hmm. isn't a shared pain. And all he was doing was saying, look at your own timeline mm-hmm. and notice how there's this shared grief around the burning of Notre Dame, which was absent from the burning of, of these three churches in Louisiana. Mm. And some people lost their stuff. Well, don't tell me what to do with my money. Wow. Post don't say nothing about money. No. The, 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 the people shaming and guilting. Didn't say anything about shame and guilt. Right. All it said was like, think on this. Right. And even when I posted, I just said food for thought. That was all I right. said. I didn't give any further commentary. Right. right. But you had some people who really got upset. Absolutely. That being said, there was a lot of people who got it mm-hmm. or who, when they first didn't get it, and I explained it further, they were like, oh, my dang. bad. Yep. I get it. Now. Yep, yep. Right? Yep. <laughs> Hope you guys have a good weekend. Have a good Or a good week. Whatever you, whatever you listen to this. Yeah, yeah. All right. Catch you guys. Avengers, assemble! I guess it's night.